No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we conclude the book of Jeremiah with a review of the fall of Jerusalem, the total number of captives taken to Babylon, and King Jehoiakim being released from prison after 37 years. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 52 on Simply the Bible. This final chapter of Jeremiah is a historical appendix. It was not written by Jeremiah, for it mentions at least one event that occurred after Jeremiah's death. Now, this chapter first looks back to give a historical review of the fall of Jerusalem and then the exile of the Jews to Babylon. We continue and conclude the book of Jeremiah in chapter 52. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He also did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, this happened in Jerusalem and Judah, till he finally cast them out from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Now, Zedekiah was the third son of Josiah. He was placed on the throne by Nebuchadnezzar as a vassal king to replace Jehoiakim, who was taken captive to Babylon. But Zedekiah rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar and sought to make an alliance with Pharaoh of Egypt against Babylon. Now, it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. By the fourth month, on the ninth day of the month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. This siege would last a total of 18 months. Because of Judah's disobedience and idolatry, God warned his people through Jeremiah that they would be given over to the king of Babylon and to the sword, to famine, and to pestilence. As they underwent the siege, famine was inevitable because the food supply ran out, and that likely made them more susceptible to diseases. Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled and went out of the city at night by way of the gate between the two walls, which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were near the city all around. And they went by way of the plain, but the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. So Zedekiah and his officials tried to make an escape at night, and they made it as far as Jericho, but then they were captured. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah in the land of Hamath. And he pronounced judgment on him. Then the king of Babylon killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and he killed all the princes of Judah in Riblah. He also put out the eyes of Zedekiah, and the king of Babylon bound him in bronze fetters, took him to Babylon, and put him in prison till the day of his death. 
Now, Riblah was about 200 miles north of Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar had made this his field headquarters. Zedekiah was treated like a traitor. He watched as his sons were killed before him, and then his own eyes were put out and he was taken captive to Babylon. Now, it is here that we discover he was put in bronze shackles and imprisoned until the day he died. This was the high cost of Zedekiah's unbelief and disobedience. He had been given numerous opportunities to repent, but he would not turn to the Lord and obey the words of Jeremiah because he feared his officials. The Bible tells us that fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. I love that proverb. Jeremiah had warned Zedekiah that this would all happen, but Zedekiah ignored the warnings to his own demise. In the end, it is not what our friends think or what the culture thinks, but what God says that will either bring us salvation if we believe or condemnation if we don't. Now, in the fifth month, on the tenth day of the month, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard who served the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. Roughly a month after the walls of Jerusalem were breached, the temple was burned with fire by Nebuzaradan, Nebuchadnezzar's military captain. He also burnt the king's houses and all the homes of the upper class in Jerusalem. Now, James wrote in his epistle, James 5.1, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. The problem is that when judgment finally does come, riches will offer no protection. Verse 14, And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down all the walls of Jerusalem all around. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive some of the poor people, the rest of the people who remained in the city, the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon, and the rest of the craftsmen. But Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. So Nebuzaradan carried away to Babylon some of the poor people. He left other poor people in the city who had surrendered to Nebuchadnezzar. Perhaps they were listening to Jeremiah's preaching and believed God and did what Jeremiah had told them. Throughout the country of Judah, Nebuzaradan left other poor people to care for the vineyards and farms. <laughs> Sometimes it truly does pay to be poor. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried all their bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the bowls, the spoons, and all the bronze utensils with which the priests ministered. The basins, the fire pans, the bowls, the pots, the lampstands, the spoons, and the cups, whatever was solid gold and whatever was solid silver, the captain of the guard took away the two pillars, one sea, the twelve bronze bowls which were under it, and the carts which King Solomon had made for the house of the Lord. The bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. 
Now concerning the pillars, the height of one pillar was 18 cubits. That's 27 feet. A measuring line of 12 cubits could measure its circumference or 18 feet around and about a little less than six feet in diameter. And its thickness, that is the thickness of the bronze was four fingers. So figure that's probably about three inches. It was hollow. A capital of bronze was on it and the height of one capital was five cubits or seven and a half feet with a network and, and pomegranates all around the capital, all of bronze. The second pillar with pomegranates was the same. There were 96 pomegranates on the sides. All the pomegranates all around on the network were 100. These were all very valuable items from the temple and the sacred vessels that went with the work of the temple. It's sad because when the temple was first built by Solomon, these items were described to show the glory of the temple. But now this was a testimony to the spiritual decline of the nation and to its destruction. As we see the light and the glory of our nation disintegrating because of godlessness, immorality, and materialism, it is a sobering reminder that history does repeat itself. Only that nation whose God is the Lord will be blessed. The captain of the guard took Sariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three doorkeepers. He also took out of the city an officer who had charge of the men of war, seven men of the king's close associates who were found in the city, the principal scribe of the army who mustered the people of the land, and 60 men of the people of the land who were found in the midst of the city. And Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took these and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. Then the king of Babylon struck them and put them to death at Riblah in the hand of Hamath. Thus Judah was carried away captive from its own land. These were the spiritual leaders of the nation who had followed the trend of their culture and the prophets who prophesied peace rather than following the word of God. They spurned and rejected the true prophet of God to believe lies. While others were taken into captivity or left as a remnant in the land, these were executed by Nebuchadnezzar to the ones to whom much is given, much is required. They had been disloyal to both God and king and received the sentence given to traitors. These are the people whom Nebuchadnezzar carried away captive in the seventh year, 3,023 Jews in the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar, he carried away captive from Jerusalem, 832 persons. In the 23rd year of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, carried away captive of the Jews, 745 persons. All the persons were 4,600. The times listed for these three deportations were 597 B.C., 586 B.C. and 581 B.C. Considering all the people who had lived in Judah, 4,600 captives seems like a relatively small number. But these would be fruitful in Babylon so that in 539 B.C., 50,000 exiles would return to Judah with the majority of Jews still remaining in Babylon. Now it came to pass in the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the 12th month, on the 25th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, lifted up the head of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and brought him out of prison. And he spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prominent seat than those of the kings who were 
with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim changed from his prison garments and he ate bread regularly before the king all the days of his life. And as for his provisions, there was a regular ration given him by the king of Babylon, a portion for each day until the day of his death, all the days of his life. Now, truly, Jeremiah is a difficult book because Jeremiah had the unenviable task of prophesying during the death of a nation. But the book ends on a note of hope. Jehoiakim had been so wicked that God said none of his descendants would sit on the throne of David. He had been deported to Babylon when he was 18 years old after only ruling for three months. But now, after being in prison for 37 years, evil Merodach, the king of Babylon, raised Jehoiakim up from the prison and spoke kindly to him, sitting him at the king's table and providing for his needs for the rest of his life. Do we not see God's grace in this? Isn't this how God has treated us who deserve judgment, but who have been given salvation through our faith in Jesus Christ? God has lifted us up out of the prison of our sins and seated us with him at the Lord's table and given us all the provision we need in him. Jeremiah is a difficult book where God disciplines his disobedient people, but in the end, mercy triumphs over judgment for those who humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and trust in the Lord with all their hearts. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will return to the book of 2 Chronicles and see that King Ahaziah reigns in Judah, but he walks in the wicked ways of King Ahab of Israel. The result is a national disaster. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.